I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Kansas City wins. They don't cover, but still the number one team in our Vegas rankings. Who's number two? Pittsburgh? Maybe. We know it ain't Baltimore. Question now, will they even make the playoffs? They're 16-1 to to win their division. Number two could be tonight's winner if it's Tampa Bay. They're favored by four and a half, hosting the Rams. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and so much more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday, also called The Aftermath, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Fez, how you feeling? I'm good, RJ. How was your seven games? Three and four. 34 winners and four. No, three and four. So another losing week. Yes. The question is, did I know you were going to copy my picks? Maybe, because I got to say this. When you're celebrating, you should celebrate with vigor. But when you aren't running great, ain't running great, gotta de- you got to face it. The first step to any problem, Fez, is admitting it. All right? So I admitted I liked a lot of fried cheese. And, you know, it took, <laughs> took a couple years, but then I, things got better. I'm not seeing it. Like, I would say this weekend, you know, I'm just looking at the Minnesota game. I, I didn't see that coming a mile away. Um, that was one of my losers. Yeah, but I mean, I it just it's not just the law. It was just I didn't I didn't see Miami getting just blown out. I mean, we can say two didn't play great, Fitzpatrick, but I didn't see it. And, and I'll be candid: there's not a lot of games in a season. I just was like, well, I'm shocked at that. Those are two I'm shocked at. And you know what? The only way to climb out of it, and again, it wasn't like horrible. It wasn't, but the only way to climb out of it. Check your premises. What did we think was the case that maybe isn't the case? That's what we're going to do today and Monday Night Football Preview. It's a big game. I'm going to have my pick of the week on this Monday Night game. Now, we're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we do have a big Monday night football game in the NFC coming up later on tonight and a plenty of games to look back on in the NFL this weekend. What is the Vegas lead, though, here on this Monday? We're going to start with the number one team in the NFL. And for those who are like, who might that be? Is it Casey Kasem? We're going to count it that. No, because amongst the pros... There really isn't much debate that it's the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And we go to your backyard, Vegas, uh, the home of straight out of Vegas, where the Raiders put up a fight. It was a valiant effort, but in the end, the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, a 35-31 win last night on Sunday Night Football. You know, thank God we got that trademark, or there might have been straight out of Vegas from Oklahoma City or something (laughs) soon enough. (laughs) All right, here's the way I'm going to start. Fez first, Jonas second. Is the takeaway in the Kansas City Raiders game that Kansas City won and that once again, when they decide to flip the switch, they can do it? Or is it that the Raiders were so darn competitive? Yards per play, one of your favorites, Fez. Raiders won 6.4 to 6.3. First downs, Kansas City won that one pretty easily. QBR, your favorite. Car 95, Mahomes 91. Make the case it was a toss-up. What's your main takeaway? I was really impressed with the Raiders. It was a toss-up. The Raiders could have won. And frankly, I think Kansas City played a good game. I think that Carr has really um, brought it to a next level. He's a top-10 quarterback this year. And all game long, the Raiders moved the ball effectively. And I especially liked what the Raiders did with their last drive, RJ. They knew they needed to... So, tell the setup. So, the Raiders were trailing uh, by four. And the Raiders knew they needed a touchdown. But they also were aware, hey, it's so hard to stop Mahomes. Let's take our time. Let's go ahead and try to milk as much clock as possible. But we need a touchdown. And they did that effectively. Ultimately, they— So, so how much time was left? They scored with 148 left. They scored a little bit too quickly. Now, so how long was the drive? Right, It was a long drive. I don't have the exact number here. Okay. So what you're saying is— Kansas City gets the credit, but what surprised you more was how competitive the game was. Yeah, absolutely. And we had spoken about there were some bad spots, or rather good spots, for Kansas City in this game. Kansas City coming off the bye. Kansas City. Well, and again, Andy Reid, historically unmatched off the bye in the regular season. Good against the spread, not great. Another winner, straight up. Loss against the spread. Yes, and Kansas City's only lost one game the past 16 games to these Raiders. So, really, a good revenge spot for Kansas City to go ahead and put their best foot forward. So, if you har- you're saying if you harken back to last season, counting the playoff games, it's been now 16 games. Yes, and they're 15 and one. The one loss being to the Raiders earlier this year. And the irony is, I guess, the first matchup. I was, you know, I can still remember wanting to play the Raiders on the Super Contest, and then I started digging into the uh, Kansas City with Reed versus the, the the Raiders, and with Gruden, and it was just devastation. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was like, you know, winning by thirty points again. So my thought was, wow, the matchup. You know, let's be honest. When you got Mahomes and Reed, you can change a few pieces. Not that many have changed. You got David Carr. I mean, this is a lot. In the NFL, you don't see even three years where you got the same quarterback, the same coach, both sides. You can start to take it seriously. Fifth game, sixth game. It's reversed itself. Somehow it's reversed itself where the where Gruden and this Raiders team is playing exception. I'm, the, by far, the best against Kansas City. And still, you could say this about the Raiders, that they beat – the best team in the NFL, Kansas City, mm-hmm. and they're number one in your power rankings, right? Yeah, they are. Kansas City, number one. And they beat 
who many believe healthy or maybe even now the best team in the NFC, the Saints. And then you can make the case this game against Kansas City is one of the five or six best losses of the year. If you're going to say, you know, what's some of the best losses of the year? You could say the Chargers against Kansas City. I mean, you can have a couple games. This is going to be in the top five or six. Not to mention the Raiders have won a lot of games. It's not like they're three and whatever and, and they got some close wins. No, they're playing really well. By the way, that drive, last drive started at 554 in the fourth quarter and came down to a minute 43, and they led by three at that point. Jonas, in L.A., we're straight out of Vegas, from Vegas. Same question to you. Who gets, is it Kansas City or Raiders to get more love from you? I actually am going to go with both. I think this is one of those, and you guys alluded to it, to where both teams look like it's a win-win situation because if you're the Raiders, you've shown that you have absolutely closed the gap between you and the best team in football, let alone the best team in your division. And if you're Kansas City, you showed a new element to your offense to where they actually outgained uh, the Raiders on the ground. So they were running the ball. It wasn't just all about Patrick Mahomes. And then when they needed to, that final drive, Kansas City went 75 yards in a minute 15. I mean, it's video game stuff that they're able to pull off. They get the win. They get out of town. But if you're the Raiders, you got to feel good about where you're at. I mean, it wasn't this long ago. I still remember the Steelers in the Super Bowl against Green Bay. And Pittsburgh had the ball with about 210 left. Touchdown wins it. And Pittsburgh kind of was didn't get didn't get close really, and I was upset as a big Steelers fan. But it was like, okay, that's a tough drive. Then I thought back and said, you know, and against in there, against the Cardinals, they had the similar drive, and he did it. So one out of two. Like Jonas said, it was six of seven completions. It took seven plays, seven passes for Kansas City, six completions. It felt like they could have done it with thirty. I mean, just. It felt easy. It was a thing of beauty. Never, a sense of urgency with no panic. Uh, just, uh, I marvel at how good Mahomes is. And, and also, they a field goal would have put it into overtime. So there's a lot of teams in the NFL that would have said, all right, whatever we do, let's make sure we at least get to overtime. Kansas City said, screw it. Stepping on the gas, and we're going to figure this thing out and win it in regulation. So... Mm. I think there's one macro big picture point that we just can't deny, not that we're trying to. Aggression wins. If you think back even to the Super Bowl Patriots against the Rams, the first one, the greatest show on turf, and it's like John Madden saying, well, I tell you, with a young quarterback, and now they were judicious about it. Patriots were aggressive there, won that game before it went to overtime. Probably saved you a twenty to. You probably had a big loss on overtime there. <laughs> I, I would have gotten destroyed because that back, might be back as an actuary. Back, back then, you could like risk seven dollars to win a dollar on no overtime when the true odds are like five percent. So it was always my biggest bet on each and every Super Bowl. Now you can tell he's a math guy. That instead of saying twenty to one when it's seven to one, he mm-hmm. says one seven to one and one's five percent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Steve Fezzik, everyone. I'm R.J. Bell. Translating, we're straight out of Vegas. Now. Let's talk about Carr just one second. If you look at the following, and I've done something new this week, I took the expected points added plus the completion percentage over expectation plus QBR. It's a good blend. And actually, a number of these quarterbacks were wildly different. So, for example, Big Ben, QBR-wise, was 10. 
The other uh, blended, the other stats, the expected points added, EPA will call it, was three. So Wilson, for example, QBR was 15 this week. His other ranking was four. So it's not like they're always the same here. So we get a good blend. The top-ranked quarterback tied for first this week, David Carr and Herbert. So Carr... Oh, yes, thank you. Carr by this... um, Oh, by the way, Derek, obviously, Carr. David's on the couch, but (laughs) is the ranking this season of fourth, I mean, you really think about it. If I would have said feds more than halfway through the year, and let's tick off a few things that's happened with Kansas City, you know, in those games against the Raiders, and really ask yourself, could if I would have said this, would you have believed? I mean, in a way, everyone's trying to be so skeptical of the Raiders. But you look at Carr and you think to yourself, well, he's the fourth best quarterback in the league. Who would have guessed that? If, oh. I, if I give you over under four and a half up through week 11, how much would you have bet on? Well, I think it's over. 20 to win a dollar. Oh, like almost like an overtime game that was not. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, they brought in Marcus Mariota and gave him real money as a backup. And their idea was, well, if it doesn't work with, with Derek Carr, at least we've got Mariota, a la what Ryan Tannehill did in Tennessee to Mariota the year before. And Derek Carr's put up the best season of his career. And by all regards, Gruden liked the third-string quarterback, Nathan Peterman, more than he liked Carr back well, in August. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> in fact, I, I'm pretty sure that's not true. Fair, fair, fair enough. They still talk about the last time that, that uh, Peterman was in as the Peterman incident. <laughs> sure. One more key point. I was the most impressed with Carr's interception at the end of the game. Oh, of course. There's Well, there's 20 <laughs> seconds left, and the only way that you can salvage this game, you need a big gain. And Carr, instead of what most quarterbacks do when the man's not open, Throw it out of bounds, and they're dead. He went ahead and threw up a into double coverage a pass, trying to get a 35-yard gain. It got intercepted. It was the right thing to do, though. And we talked about that last week, coincidentally, is some quarterbacks are very protective of that, especially at half. It's kind of hard to do that at the end of the game. But I hear you. What I will say, one caveat with Carr, is the prior two games that they had played not in the wind so that Cleveland game was so windy, you got to almost throw those stats out. I mean, it was like, well, you know, 13 to 6 or whatever. I mean, no one could score. Yes. But in the other games, last couple, his air yards, the idea of how far is he going downfield with it, were so much higher than he's been historically. Historically, he's been in the 20s, lower, you know, all the way down, 25 pads, where he's not a lot of dump checkdowns, dump offs. Two games, he was winging it, like in the top five. Had a great game here, but his air yards were back in the 20s. So the question is, can he maintain this level of play without the air yards? Because the air yards are opening up the field. And to me, you really, it's hard to become a great quarterback. Maybe Breeze was able to, but you got to be pinpoint, and unlike hardly anyone but Breeze, to be a top five or seven quarterback and not wing it when you need to wing it. Carr was winging it. You got to wonder, was the game too big? And he got scared, right? Or did Gruden see something and say, we don't need to wing it? We've shown him the last couple games we can. Now we're not going to. The next game or two for Carr, I'm going to look very closely at his air yards because if he's winging it again, I'm thinking, good, 
It was a reason he didn't do it against Kansas City. But if he regresses back, mm. I think his quarterback performance falls back with it because he's been, by taking those risks, he's been opening up the field. All right, great first game. Now, here's the second game as we go to break to think about. Who's number two? I'm going to say the Steelers. Fez has been, I'll call him a Steeler hater. Is it the Steelers? Tampa Bay, if they win, who's number two? That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into the other potential best team in the NFL. <laughs> we're going to pick it up because you know what? It's If it were about the picks every day, and we want to win. Fez is, has a winning year. He's had a winning year every year on this. He's very good. But we give him heat. You know why? Because... I think it's because I hate all those shows that sanctify. I say, oh, I agree with you, Jimmy. It's like you don't even know what he's talking about half the time. So we try to be discerning but supportive, Fez. So anyway, (laughs) that's why I'm so optimistic. You can listen on 225 stations across the country right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 64 degrees. The neon is pumping. And, RJ, before we get into the second-best team potentially in the NFL, we do want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with the dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having starting trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. The number one team in the NFL, record-wise at least, are your Pittsburgh Steelers. 10-0, and RJ, a 27-3 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, Fez, you would have had one left. If you didn't just piggyback by, you wouldn't have had that Pittsburgh game in a hundred years. <laughs> when was the last time you saw me lay double digits like that? I mean, that? I guess I got to take it as the ultimate compliment. There if I go. said jump off a bridge, we'd be, we'd be saying, you still haven't found them yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're dredging. We don't know what's going on. We're not optimistic. <laughs> but anyway, let's think about this. Tomlin, he's not very good in these certain spots. And say, like, oh, really? All right, boom. Now, it was a home game, just destroys it. I mean, in a way, you could call Burrow's injury almost Pittsburgh caused it. I mean, think about <laughs> That's running. That's interesting. Around, probably happy feet. Who knows? Mentally, seeing ghosts. I mean, you saw what happened to Sam Darnold. We can't find him. He's the ghost now. Yes. But the, <laughs> but the fact is that they dominate Cincinnati. If you had been patient, you could have bet Pittsburgh at home, laying six and a half to the Isn't that crazy? But you didn't even bet that. I did not. But somehow you laid doubles in the next game. And how much better was Cincinnati than Jacksonville? Oh, I don't know. Not much. So, in fact, we had Jacksonville plus three at Cincinnati not that long ago. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Okay. Why isn't Pittsburgh number one? And I have to assume they're number two. I mean, there's no scenario which it couldn't be number two. Pittsburgh is number two. Mm -hmm. And Pittsburgh and Kansas City have been comparable this year. This is all about preseason expectations. I'm still not willing to throw— Excuse me. Comparable? How many losses does Kansas City have? One. And zero. Is that comparable? 
Infinitely more? How many? What do you have to multiply by zero to get to one? <laughs> a lot. Get your abacus out and try to figure yes. that one out. Okay. So, what about the the good wins? What's Kansas City's good win at Baltimore? Baltimore. What else? Yeah. That that's the one that just absolutely stands so the, out. So the four win team, or I'm sorry, the four loss team, Baltimore, they beat. They're one of four teams that beat them, including Pittsburgh. Mm. Now what? I'm asking you. You can yeah, be it, silent it, here. There's going to be. I'm not going to like bail you out. Explain. Kansas City does not have a big signature win that comes to mind. Ever. So how is it comparable? If if I look at the, if, if, what say it. if I look at the underlying stats of both teams, it's not Pittsburgh's we're, we're offense. At yards per play. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, and, and really? Big Bend offensively hasn't been you know shoot lights out. Certainly, explain. What do you mean lights out? What, is that a technical term you learned at Northwestern? Lights out. Well, QBR isn't very good. Oh, well, I apparently. know you know QBR yeah. really well, right? I mean, come on. I'm confused about what our offense is supposed to do. There's move the ball. What our offense is supposed to do? Score. All right. So, what's the offense versus? I mean, explain to me the rationale of how much better Kansas City is. I want you to explain it, or even comparable on the results. Well, if we just looked at last night with a minute 48 left, why would we look at last night only? Well, that's the, what it's Mahomes not the first is, game of the season, is it? what Mahomes has done all year. Yeah, which means that the fact he has to do it it's a is good the point. question. It's a good point. I mean, is it a virtue now, winning close games? I didn't realize that. I thought winning by margin was the virtue. Well, Kansas City's defense has put Mahomes in some bad spots this year. Mahomes has bailed them out. So the defense is still going to play if they play. Yeah. The, so you just, you're making the case, everything you say, that Pittsburgh's the better team. So explain to me, take a breath. Let's have the nation hear you breathe. Breathe. Okay. Explain it to me. Other than you had Kansas City last year, mid-year, you were, I thought, brilliant in your analysis. I repeated it a bunch because I thought it was good. Elsewhere. And you know what? You, you, you were so prescient. You were so predictive. It, it played out exactly as you expected. So now... You like Kansas City. Andy Reid's snugly. And Mahomes, he's gee whiz cool. But you know what? What have they done this year? You know, because San Francisco was pretty good last year. I don't see, are they third on your list after Pittsburgh? No. No. So it's not about last year. It's about this year. So explain to me how, why don't you say Pittsburgh is clearly better this year, but I'm holding on to something from a long time ago. Now, if somehow... They would have lost one of those games they were up 10. Check that. They were down double digits. If Kansas City had just thrown one pick six and got eliminated in the Chargers made one field goal. Whatever it was, right, true enough, is I'm saying if they didn't win last year's Super Bowl, would they be number one right now? No. So you just, I mean, you and Huey Lewis should hang out singing hip to be square because you're saying one throw could have swung not this season, but last season, how good you rank Kansas City now? That You just walked yourself in a trap there. Possibly. Jonas, what do you think of that statement? I think that Kansas City is better than Pittsburgh, and I admit it's I shouldn't. Then make your case. It's, it's a built-in bias. It's exactly that. And I've thought about this. Pittsburgh should absolutely be considered the best team in the NFL. They've got a better defense in Kansas City. Their offense plays well. They're getting A, a better production. defense? They are so much better than yeah. Kansas City's day. No and, doubt. And, Walks and over it. For me, I just look back at Kansas City, and I can't get over that bias, which is why I'm a horrendous sports gambler. 
That's so, being honest. So really what you're saying is that you're making an amateur mistake, and oh, by the way, in big red letters, everyone's thinking, but so it's Faz. So it's Faz. <laughs> Faz, you want to address? That That was a really sneaky stab in the back. <laughs> it's me being honest, Fez. It's you the, know, first, all things... the first time Fez and I are, are, are together in a sports gambling I, 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 I weight offense more than defense. I believe offense is more important than defense. What's your ratio, ratio on that? Scene? Well, I, I use four sevens and three sevens. Exactly. Just like football Just like outsiders, football outsiders. Huh? I think it's and valid. Is it one eight on special teams? Who's ranked number one on special teams? I don't have it. No. Oh, yeah. But you do this three, fours. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. So, so obviously, Kansas City has this great offense. But, you know, Pittsburgh, I got to give Big Ben credit in terms of— Oh, well, that's nice. Well, I mean, the fact—what made Pittsburgh so much better than what we thought? You look at these three wide receivers. Bringing in Claypool, and you got Smith-Schuster, you got Deontay Johnson. You got three really good wide receivers with Pittsburgh. And James Conner, who I thought could be a bust, he's really had a nice year running James for— James Conner? Like, you're doing analysis on—is that draft analysis you're doing? No, I mean, when I you thought— you say he could have been a bust, what does that mean? I, because I, I thought he was a borderline— starting running back, and he's put up some really good numbers this year. He has exceeded expectations. How many different plays did you watch on the All-22 to assess that as a scout? I just looked at his yards per rush overall and that he's above average. And in, in, and and a lot of times, Pittsburgh runs the ball in obvious running situations, and he's still put up good numbers. Socrates once said, you can write this down, Steve, a man who knows what he doesn't know knows a lot. You do not know scouting. Please don't try to scout bus or anything like it. Fair enough. That's the danger of trying to be happy. And this is what the radio guys do. I'm not going to name any names, but this is what the radio guys do. Tell me if you can recognize this. Oh, his arm. Oh, you see his mobility in the pocket. They, what they do is they pick up a few phrases, a few of these kind of scout phrases. If it was NBA, it'd be wingspan. Hmm. And they sprinkle them in, and it's like a little infection. It's like an infestation of termites in their brain. Because what happens is you stop knowing what you know, and you start thinking, maybe I should scout this. You know what I think? The time I do the worst in anything is when I try to adopt something, and I'm not ready for it yet. I just know it an inch deep, and I start interspersing it into what I typically do. Oh, that's dangerous. What are better supposed to do with new systems? You're supposed to have a year of live betting in which there's no money at stake, but you're tracking it, right? And even if you backfit data, you're supposed to leave a year or whatever time you need left to test it from there, and it simulates that. Exactly. That's a great point. So if you, if you go back, go back, don't go back six years, go back four years, hey, this is a winning system, and then go back the last two years and see if it actually So how works. does that happen if you're picking up things live, it doesn't. Mm. So I don't want to hear. If you want to go to scouting school, and this is what I always tell all the wannabe scouts, right? Call up your local NFL team. I'm talking about these national radio guys, local, whatever. Call if you were a former scout. I trust you. All right, you got it. But if you're not, call up the local team and say, "I want to scout for you, pro bono. All I need is access to the facility. I'm going to show and." Obviously, if it's going to be some video thing on Twitter, maybe they let a big name in there. Give them another name. Just say you're Jim Smith from uh, KK or uh, KLM in, in Los Angeles or whatever. I don't even know if that's a station. <laughs> I'm just making up numbers or letters. And see if they let you in. You know what? They will, they'll hang up on you. 
because they've got people that actually been in football 30 years doing this. But somehow these people go, come on air and they start talking about being a scout because they're talking arm strength and mobility. You don't know. I promise you, you don't know. What do you think of all that, Jonas? Uh, yeah, I try and stay away from that stuff. You and, do? Uh, and and, and I, my whole approach is, and I've noticed this a lot, especially with sports betting, because it's so prevalent now, there's a lot of people who probably don't really know a whole hell of a lot about sports gambling that are talking sports gambling. So I, I say up front, if I ever have a pick, the smart play is to go the opposite because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> the best thing to do to me in sports betting, and I've given this advice to three or four people I like, don't try to be something you're not. And you know what's funny? I could I could talk NBA handicapping as well as 95% of professionals, but I'm not a true NBA handicapper. So I'll give my observations, but I give them more as a as a you know recreational better in the NBA. Now I bet big because I bet other people's stuff that I trust. But if you always are at least one level behind what you really are, you're going to be fine. Right? The people who are trying to be one level better than they really are, it's problematic. And listen, I don't begrudge them. There's a lot of things that they know probably that I don't. You know, But there, I, I just think with gambling, it's dangerous to fake it. Right? If you don't know, you don't know. But if you're faking it, in a way, you're deceiving people for their money. I mean, like they're risking their money. Like, imagine if someone out front was saying, hey, there's uh, gold up in them hills. You want, you, know, you want to buy an acre? Well, that's what people go to jail over. But if you're saying, you know, here's my expertise and it's deception. Hmm. But in general, I think it's great that there's more people talking batting. I just hope that, you know, where I know my limitations, they know theirs. Joe Burrow, how big of an injury is this? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. I think Isaac was asking for this song. I mean, I'm not sure, but if so, I'm here to deliver, baby. Let's do this. Take our last break. We got a lot of Monday Night Football coming up, but... Only once in a while you're going to get my very best bet of the week is Monday Night Football. You'll get that and a Joe Burrow. What effect does he have on the line update? That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. R.J., we have Monday night football kicking off a little over an hour from now. It is the Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now on pregame.com. Tampa Bay, a four and a half point favorite. I love the under, but let's think about this a minute before we say in the game because I think we might spread this baby around a little bit. Now, when you spread it around, sometimes it helps, sometimes it hurts. For example, one of my favorite picks of the week, the Jets. Jets cover. Now, let's be honest. It looked like it was an easy cover, but it really wasn't. 
Jets cover, but they don't win straight up. But the theory was at four to one or so, it was worth a sprinkle. Here I'm thinking, Fads, and I'm going to let you talk it through with me. I love the under. If you look at the Rams and you look at their defense over the last four, five weeks, probably the best in the NFL. And you know what? It's not probably. Best in the NFL. We talked about it last week. You know what? They haven't played a game since. And if you look at expected points added, that efficiency metric, the number one rushing defense in the NFL, the Rams. The number one passing defense in the NFL, the Rams. One plus one doesn't equal two. It equals one. (laughs) One with a bullet. In fact, amongst the other teams that are good at passing D, they're not good at running D. And vice versa. The best other flip of the top three is 14 in the other thing. It's 1-1, and the other ones are like 2-14, and and that's the best one. Rams are good, and they're better right recently. On the other side of the ball, Whitworth, left tackle. You're going to hear lip service paid to that on TV, probably. But I think this is humongous. The absence of Whitworth for the Rams will hurt their offense significantly. Their left left tackle's gone. Maybe their best lineman. Certainly one of their top two. And he's a veteran. And you know what? Tampa Bay has the most complex blitzing schemes in the NFL. And I can promise you they're going to be stunting, red-dogging. I don't know what I'm really saying when I say red-dog, but something that has spins and confusion. (laughs) And that left tackle's going to give up a sack or two that probably Whitworth wouldn't have given up. Just in the short period of time he was out of the game, the amount of pressures from that left side doubled when Whitworth was out last week. Okay, when he got hurt. It all adds up to the under. Fez, do you generally like the under? I do. I love your case. And Tampa Bay, number two in the NFL, and getting pressure. So the Rams are probably going to run the ball more with with Whitworth being the liability and that's there. The, it's, out. it's not only efficiency that drops, but the aggressiveness drops. Now, here's the thing I'm trying to debate. Is in the last six third quarters, so six games, the Rams have given up zero points. So they're even better in the third quarter. So the question is... What do we do? Do we get? Do we go half the bat on the under for the game, Fez? Do we go with? How do we address this? If we could get a ten on the third quarter, I would love third quarter under ten. But it's nine and a half, which is a low third quarter number for this total of forty-eight. All right. So what about? Is there a way to get it to halftime other than a half? To, I mean, the second half. Can you just bet? Just I don't understand half, that. But you're saying the halftime bet. It's not the second half. It's the halftime bet. The difference is, if it's a second half bet, you can bet it before the game. A halftime bet, you have to wait till halftime. Yes. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to make the official pick on the under in the game. It's under 48. This is the strong, strongest play of the week for me. If you can get an under 10 in the third quarter, I think put half on that. And if you got some money left and you like the way it's going, you can go with... A halftime bet on the under. But again, look at the way it's going. History says, though, second half should be even lower scoring. Fez, what do you got on the game? I'm going to go Tom Brady, prop bet under 285 passing yards. Two weeks ago, primetime game against the Saints, we saw Tampa Bay get rolled 38-3. to They only ran the ball five times. Mm-hmm. 
the last thing they want to have is a repeat of that game. So I expect Tampa Bay to focus much more on the run game, and it's all about usage that will give Tom Brady fewer passes and thus fewer yards under 285 pass yards Brady. And it shows you how maybe a lack of aggressiveness on the Rams might slow down the aggressiveness of Tampa. We see how games are dictated to by who's ever got the pace control. Hopefully, for the under, we'll slow it down. And for your under in the prop, I'm RJ Bo straight out of Vegas. Joe Burrow, what kind of line adjustment? Five and a half points to the line. Ryan Finley downgrade versus Joe Burrow. Okay, so the line was what against whom? Cincinnati is hosting the New York Giants. The line was Bengals minus two and a half. It's moved eight points. The Giants are laying five and a half. So you're saying it's an eight-point adjustment? That's what the Vegas has moved it, yes. Okay. My quarterback adjustment was five and a half for the downgrade. Okay, well, we all we know that you have an irrational love of Ryan Finley. <laughs> yes. If I remember, it was just about a year ago you were celebrating that that dastardly Andy Dalton got sat down so we can finally see Ryan Finley. <laughs> it didn't last long. No. But you forgot. Almost like that girl comes around on tour once a year, and you see that, next, that one year you're like, that's it, not next year. When you're lonely that next year, Fez, hey, Ryan Finley, come on in. I made you a drink. <laughs> I can't do better than that, Jonas. Let's, let's go. If you miss any of today's show, including a preview of Monday Night Football, go to FoxSportsRadio.com for the podcast. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on FSR. Right out of Vegas!